0: You are tuned in to the podcast that doesn't want you to be completely positive, but is just trying to get you slightly less negative. You are listening to Tall, Dark, and Random. I am your host, Nicholas Grooms. I want to thank you guys for a successful first episode and second episode on our debut week. It seems just about everyone who listened to the first listened to the second. And uh, has uh, a lot of you have taken, your time, taken time out of your day to send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter or let me know somehow that you love the show and that you want us to keep doing it. And that means the world to us. You know, uh, We weren't looking to get into this thing and uh, have like a giant audience or anything. But we've got a pretty good, loyal, dedicated following. And we need something from you guys this week. If you are on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you can subscribe, please subscribe to the show. Any subscription helps us. It helps spread the word. It helps different platforms... Uh, react to us differently I mean they could promote us one week if we have a pretty strong following but most of all the most important thing you can do is scroll down to the page there rate us five stars write us a nice little review if uh, if you would if you'd be so inclined i would appreciate it so much i'm going to be doing a contest coming up here so if you rate five stars and leave a little review screenshot that and uh, send it to me i'm going to remember who's doing these things and helping us out and uh I'm gonna do something for you guys in return, but we really appreciate that. Uh, I would say of the episodes we posted last week, uh, the can't hardly wait episode, where I was very, very angsty about my weight and very unsure and uh, kind of all up in my feels, seemed to be the dominant episode. The episode everyone liked a little better, and I agree, uh, mostly because it was well put together compared to the first episode. But uh, we're we're finding our niche, we're finding our groove here We're going to get it going, it's going to get better and better every week And uh, I would say the biggest response we got from that show was the realness of it And the story at the end were the two most popular things on that show So in honor of that story, I'm going to have another story for you in the program today It's called Going Postal It is about why you should not be a bustling moron when you're out in the world doing things And especially when you're in front of me It is a true story, and uh, I will tell that story to you later in the program in the same fashion as I did with the story last week. Um, For better or worse, I say we're always going to start the show with my thoughts, so um, I'm in a very good place right now. As far as uh, my mood and and my attitude, it's been a different week than last week. I took some of Addison's little advice that he gave me. uh, His advice was basically to set small goals and, uh, small goals and it does feel good. I spent all week making sure I got in between between 10,000 and 15,000 steps as far as my uh, My fitness pal counter. That was a a big improvement. I'm already like feeling a lot better. I am back to eating healthy. I actually went out and spent a little extra money this week uh, going to the natural food store trying to do all organic, trying to do 90% veggie and I've done very, very well. I uh, have really excluded a lot of meat and uh, kind of written that off. I, you know, as a bigger man, I think it's probably safer—a safer bet for me to eat a little more vegetation than it would to continue eating, you know, red meat, especially. But uh, I'm already feeling great. I'm feeling much better. Small goals are the ticket, and I'm going to set a few for this week. And I just wanted to give you a little shout on that progress here, because I want you to know that there are things in your life that are attainable as well, and you can do them just set small goals and keep an open mind. And as uh, far as the episode today, we're going to move into that here in a minute. Um, I don't have a lot on my mind as far as uh, what we're going to talk about today. It's very, very simple. You know, it's about observing other people and just kind of sitting back and letting the world lead by example. You know, Um, a lot of the things that I do, I don't notice until I see someone else do it. You know, but uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've I've gotten out of the house and I've kind of had to go do some different things. I went to, like I said, I went to Springfield last week. There's a lot more people than out here in Sticks and Arkansas and a lot of different people. You know, uh, where I live in Arkansas, it's namely, I don't even know how to really put it. It's, it's, it's very old school. You know, a lot of men just wear jeans and a t-shirt or, you know, camo. I don't know. I feel very out of place here. I feel like a sore thumb when uh, I'm in public. You know, I I still wear what I've worn my entire life, basically. You know, I've always loved the long dicky shorts, Vans shoes, you know, that that kind of, those kind of shoes, uh, you know, a band hat or a wrestling t-shirt. Just very simple, common things that I've always worn. And I still stick out like a sore thumb. But I go to somewhere like Springfield. And it's a little more diverse. There's uh, there's more races. It's definitely you know more people of color than out here in the you know out here in Arkansas where I think I'm you know one of three Hispanics in town. But uh, I, I went up there and and it's you know I'm standing in line for this event, waiting to get in. And in front of me is a guy who's probably twice my size, which is you know an incredible feat in itself because I'm I'm a pretty big guy. You know this guy is talking to himself and as the line starts to move he's got a handful of restaurant trash kind of like just a big McDonald's sack of some food him and his party have killed and he's got it all balled up he's got that in one hand he's got a cup of ice in the other hand and as the line starts to move he doesn't he stands completely still in everyone's way and begins to debate with his trash on what he should do with it throws the bag into the can that he's waiting by and then he looks at the cup and then he had it's almost like he was doing this little soliloquy with this cup full of ice where he couldn't decide what to do with it he was like oh for art thou i shall pour you on the ground maybe and he just sits there and debates with this freaking cup of ice before finally just going but i guess i will throw you in the trash and drops it in as this flabbergasted line of people all find this bond over making a weird face at the sky. We then move forward in the line a little bit. I think we move five or six feet, and as we're five or six feet into the line, you know, getting closer to the door, this guy just starts talking to strangers, but in the most annoying way possible. He's doing impressions, and he's like just very Dale Griffith from planes, trains, and automobiles, you know, he's just in your face, and really just, I don't know, off-putting, but he's standing there in line, and I, I, there's a girl with him, probably, you know, in her late teens, who's probably, I, it looks like maybe his daughter, or someone he's met from the internet, or something, I don't know what she was, but this guy basically just whips out this candy bar, it's the biggest candy bar I've ever seen, it's as big as, like, like a novel, you know, one of those giant candy bars, and he just opens this candy bar in the, you know, 85 to 90 degree heat, and starts eating this candy bar that is completely melting in, in its wrapper, and in his hand, and he's licking it off his fingers, licking it off his fingers, and, uh, you know, it's just one of those times where I'm just like, you're a much better person than, than you give yourself credit for, Nick, because at least I'm not this guy. And this guy has just driven me crazy. We waited outside for 20 minutes to get in. We get in, you know, we get wanded, get through security, we go get to our seats. And who sits directly in front of us? That's right, Mr. Trash Soliloquy Hamlin himself. Uh, it, it was just, it was absolutely terrible. And then they proceeded to talk to everyone around them to the point that the people sitting next to them leave their seats. And as they see them leave their seats all at the same time they assume they're going somewhere else so these people leave their seats and these people uh, this, this candy killer and his 17 year old date like actually celebrate the fact that they get these people to leave their seats as everyone around them starts to go us included we went and found seats that were actually worse than the seats we paid for in an empty section just to not have to sit next to these people and as I thought about this all week long, I, uh, I decided today that, that the show was going to be about that today. We're going to talk about things I've observed with people, things that a lot of people do and don't know they're doing, little little tiny things even. You know, it, It's just one of those things where, uh, well, for, for instance, I've already done this this one with Addison when, when we were talking about it. We may get into it again on the show, but uh, for a long time we ran a productions company put on concerts in, in our town and anytime we'd hand someone a flyer anytime you hand anyone a flyer it's like human instinct for someone to ask you a piece of information that's on the flyer so you hand them the flyer that says you know Arcasia is flying across the front and the first thing they ask you is
1: who's gonna be
0: there what day is it on how much is it to get in it's always like two ticks more you know something they could have just read on the flyer if they would have taken 5 seconds to read it. Look at you and say cool and walk away. But that's not how it is. Like it's almost like that flyer becomes a conversation starter, not and you know, a piece of information I've just handed you, but a conversation starter where you can talk to me about it. And you know, I've always just seen it as like, oh, here's all of the information you need to know. This is a flyer. Take this. Hang it on your wall. Remember. But I still find myself explaining flyers to people and uh even to this day when I you know I'm on the road and I do little flyers for shows and I go pass them around town before people will still ask the same question every time who's gonna be there well who do you think I just handed it to you my picture is on it you know me and others but that's what we're gonna talk about today we're gonna talk about human observation just people watching in general spent a lot of time waiting on buses, trains, sitting on benches on my lunch break, just watching people be people, and it's uh, it's an interesting experience if you ever just sit back and, you know, look at it like Ricky Fitz would look at a plastic bag blowing in the wind in the movie American Beauty. It's kind of a beautiful thing, in a way, you know? It kind of makes you thankful and makes you look at things in yourself. Of uh, makes you want to change a few things that you do in a lot of ways just by people watching. So we're going to get into that in just a little bit. I want to thank you guys once again. It's such it's been such an amazing week uh, getting to do this podcast and uh, put this all together for you guys. And uh, be sure you're listening, rate five stars. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, Google Podcast, and so many, no, so much more, so many more carriers. If you guys. Find somewhere that we were not carried, be sure you email me at tall, dark, and random podcast at gmail.com. That's tall, dark, and random podcast at gmail.com. Or please write in, man. We, we would love, we're, we're going to do this without a guest one more week, but I think next week we're going to have our very first guest. We're still kind of feeling it, feeling out the show and finding a rhythm. And I think it's comfortable that, uh, you know, it's got, we got to be comfortable in finding our own rhythm before we try to find rhythm with people that we've never spoken to before or that we've never spoken to in the capacity of having a program. But uh, in the name of killing a king-sized candy bar, uh, I'm going to jump off here now. We're going to go to a quick break, and we're going to be back with Addison Morgan. We're going to be talking about human observation right here on Tall, Dark, and Random. Today's story is called Going Postal, and it was written and recorded by myself, Nicholas Grooms. There was this asshole of a human being I used to encounter. One of many assholes I have encountered, of course, but a unique brown eye implied on society like no other. The first time I saw this guy, he was speedwalking a birthday cake from the grocery store deli to the 20 items or less checkout line, and cutting off an elderly couple to do so. The man was in his early 40s, with a short, stubby stature, and a large red-haired beard starting to turn white with his age surrounding his face. He was completely bald on top, but continued to let it grow the rest of the way around, so in essence his face looked like I had always imagined Bigfoot's to look, only if Bigfoot were in dire need of Rogaine. The man had a protruding beer belly, and wore a Garth Brooks t-shirt one size too small, so as he bustled the cake into the line, the rest of us standing in the surrounding checkout lane scoffed as both his gut and butt crack peeked out to say hello his belly button winking us a hellish wink, and a vertical smile that made me nauseous enough I considered finding a wastebasket. On that day I rolled my eyes, and expected him to vanish from my life forever, presumably returning to his dark cave in the hills far from society. It was maybe two weeks later when I saw his bald head gleaming in the sunlight once again, this time as he sped past a woman I was holding the door open for at the post office. He sped around us all, carrying four packages close to his body, once again power-walking his way past a senior citizen. I was holding the door for a woman who was walking with a cane, and still, without consideration for her well-being, he bolted around us all, to be one spot ahead of us in line. I glared at the man as he came to a halt in the line. Hey moron, what the hell is your problem? I asked as I approached the line. The man halfway peered a glare of his own over his shoulder and quickly realized I was a head taller than him, and much larger. With this, he turned his head back around and pretended he didn't hear me. I was two people behind him in line, so as he finished at the counter, he continued to pretend I didn't exist as he power-walked to the doors without looking up, despite my best efforts. Yo, where are you going, Speedy Gonzales? Andale, andale, epa, epa! I mocked as he bolted out the door. A lanky gangster dude standing in line in front of me giggled shook his head before adding, (laughs) for real though, what the fuck was up with that guy? Days later, I returned to the post office as I usually did after my day shift. I should mention that I would usually go around 4 p.m. and often saw a lot of the same faces, so it didn't shock me when I once again saw Speedy walking up to the post office with boxes in tow. On this particular day, he was carrying an entire stack of boxes with two or three bubble mailer packages on top he was steadying with his chin. As he saw me, he started to walk faster as usual, hoping to hit the door before he had to have an interaction with me. Also, on this particular day, I was annoyed for my long shift and wasn't particularly keen on dealing with this bullshit. So as I watched Speedy pace a little bit quicker, something came over me that I didn't expect. Instead of letting him get to the door and ahead of me in line, I instead ran up the stairs as fast as I could, right behind him, until I was less than a foot away, and as he turned to look at what was coming towards him, I juked around him going full speed, causing him to wince and react by spilling the boxes and packages all over the stairs he was walking up. Some of his packages tumbled all the way down to the bottom of the stairs, and many landed in various places in which he tried to kneel and gather.
1: God damn it!
0: He screamed as the door closed, leaving him to curse aimlessly into the atmosphere. I waited in line for my turn, and as I was stepping to the desk, I heard the doors fly open in anger. Hey, you! He screamed angrily, much like he did the time before. I pretended I didn't hear what he said with a giant Chesire cat smile on my face as I tried not to laugh. Hey, I'm talking to you! He screamed. I turned around with a grin on my face. What, douche? I said. The man was fuming at this point, so angry that he continued dropping packages all over the floor as he tried to compose himself and rest the remaining packages on the desk. Why did you do that? He asked me do what i asked with a smirk you ran at me he proclaimed loudly. i ran at you i think i jogged up the stairs into the post office and you got startled and spilled your stuff i would have helped you had i not seen you run past various people to get ahead in the line all those other times if i were you i would cut my losses and let this go i said turning back around and very calmly the guy continued to mutter under his breath so much so that a woman reacted to him angrily "'If you're so mad, why don't you go outside and fight him?' she said, as the man seethed, gritting his teeth. His face was beet red, and he pounded on the countertop with both fists, as if it was some type of whack-a-mole arcade game. "'God damn it, mind your business,' he said, through his teeth in response. The post office worker behind the counter stood up in anger. "'Sorry, buddy, but I've watched how you act in here when you don't get your way, and you have to wait in line.' I would shut your mouth right now or you'll be banned from shipping anything here from ever from here ever again. You can't ban me. I have the freedom of speech, he screamed, waving his arm. Try me, the postal worker said with gritted teeth of his own. Unfucking believable, the man muttered under his breath. Okay, that's it. You're banned. Get your stuff and get out and never come back here, he declared to Speedy. Speedy's gut reaction was to shove his pile of packages off the desk and onto the floor as he broke into a long-winded string of swears and curses as he scooped his things up. You have 60 seconds and I'm calling the police, the postman said, as Speedy lived up to his nickname. He had his entire stack of packages in a bear hug as he cussed his way out the door, this time never to return from his cave. Well, at least never to return to his local post office from his cave. The lesson we should all learn from this story is very simple. Respect your elders. Hold doors. Wait in line patiently, pick your battles, and when a postal employee tells you to shut the fuck up, please adhere to their demands and listen, because you just might have the misfortune of having to drive 30 minutes to the nearest town to ship your bullshit. This has been a tall, dark, and random story with Nicholas Grooms. Please join us next week for another exciting adventure. Welcome back to Tall, Dark, and Random. We are now joined by the co-host of the show from the Springs of Colorado, Addison. How are you? Hi. I am uh, really good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, The show is getting fantastic feedback, especially the uh, episode where you kind of guided me through the weight loss process and all that. We've gotten uh, a lot of good comments on that, and uh, I'd like to give you an update that this week I've taken some measures, set some small goals, and uh, started working towards uh, losing the weight and keeping it off. That's awesome, man. That's
2: excellent to hear. Like I said, those small victories will lead to a huge success in the end. So I'm very excited to hear about that.
0: Right. I mean, it's just like a one little thing. It's just like trying to, you know, walk around more, get up and get out. You know, working at home, I think uh, I think maybe there's like 500 steps in a day if I don't do anything in my house, you know, if I'm just sitting at my desk. So I've tried to prioritize and get out of the house, walk around a little more uh, I've set the goal of 10,000 steps at least, but trying to exceed that, and I think there was only one day this week I got just barely over 10,000, and, uh, you know, the rest of the days I, like, flew over, I was trying to go out and do yard work, and just walking around the neighborhood, and, um, I'm already seeing a difference, you know, just eating better, and, and doing that, and eliminating the soda this week was, uh, I think the biggest part of the battle.
2: That's awesome, that's great to hear. Yeah, I, you know, just doing those little things, man, it's gonna make a big difference, you're gonna.
0: You're gonna start seeing a lot of good changes from here on out, so that's that's awesome. I hope so. <laughs> it's like I, I'd like to have the problem of being able to have to buy new shirts and clothes, so I uh, look forward to that.
2: Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: I didn't wait. <laughs> oh, I, I thought I thought you hung up on me there for a second. I was like. <laughs> No worries, no worries um, today on the program uh, I was wanting to get with you and talk talk to you about uh, people watching and just observing others and uh, like how that kind of helps us correct our behavior and uh, kind of makes you question the things you do yourself when you watch other people and I know I, I told you off air and I said at the top of the program to to the to the audience about the the guy I stood in line with you know just an atrocious human being who was very sloppy and and just eating a candy bar with his bare hands and licking it off in front of people and, you know, it just it really ruined my experience of just being in public for the day, you know. I already had the weight woes going into that and then I had to be around this person and his group and it, it really ruined my day but it, it just kind of made me think of like all of the people I've observed and, you know, I, I thought that would be interesting to talk about today.
2: Yeah, that would be a cool topic. Uh, I think all of us are guilty of people watching, (laughs) and it would be interesting to see kind of what what your perspective on some things
0: are. Exactly. Uh, Have you you observed anybody horrible as of late?
2: Uh, Okay, so I'll give you a story. This happened probably just last week. So I was at the store, um, and this older gentleman walks up to me, he looks like uh, he looks like Uncle Fester, uh, for lack of better uh, description. <laughs> so he walks up to me and says, "Do you mind if I tell your daughter a joke?" And my my eight year old is standing next to me, and so I'm like, uh, I mean, in my head, I'm like, "Yeah, I do mind. Get away from me and get away from my family." <laughs> but uh, being the, the nice person that I am. I said, yeah, sure, go ahead. So this guy proceeds to tell not one, but three jokes (laughs) um, to my eight-year-old, all of which require a response like, what do you call, and I can't can't remember what the jokes were exactly, but like elicited a response of what do you call a whatever, whatever. So my eight-year-old, obviously not wanting to talk to a stranger, let alone this guy, uh, would make like, very long pauses before she would say that she didn't know and then would prompt him to actually drop the punchline. So we had probably a good minute and a half of awkwardness in the Apple section of the store with Uncle Fester. (laughs) And that just kind of helps to solidify the fact that I don't like when strangers come up and talk to me. So, um, this definitely didn't, didn't help those, uh, feelings that I have about that, but it was just very weird and very random. And it kind of gave me the, uh, um, the vibe about the guy from the family guy that always uh, was looking at Chris Griffin. And so I kind of, kind of got that vibe. So I kind of shooed the family away from him and, and we went on with our day, but yeah, definitely a, a out of the blue experience.
0: You know, I, I just got to say about that. If you look like Uncle Fester, the story would have been so much better if it happened in the light bulb aisle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get what you mean, though. I You know, I, I worked at stores for a long time, and there's, you know, always that guy who wants to make the joke about, like, working hard or hardly working, or talk about the weather, or tell a joke, or just whatever. And, like, I just don't think... In 2019, it's appropriate for an 80-something-year-old man to try to pull a quarter out of any child's ear. You know, it's—I I just don't understand why that's still a thing and, and why these people like feel the need to continue doing this kind of stuff. But I, I just, you know, I, I sit around at work a lot of days, and I think I passed a lot of time just just watching people and. Trying to understand their, what what they're doing, like uh, I know we we always have that guy, you know, everybody has that guy, and I'm sure you've ticketed that guy who parks in two spaces so he doesn't get a door ding. Yeah. But it's just yeah, you,
2: you are some kind of uh, special for <laughs> being that guy. And there's a lot of things I would say if uh, if I could, but yeah. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, it's like I think I saw that guy once a week, and it was always a different person. And and I just just don't know where that amount of entitlement goes. You know, it's like I think we got a brand-new car in December. And when we park it, we don't double-park it in the front. I think we park it in the back of the lot where I know no one's going to park, you know, if I'm trying to avoid a door ding. But I've just observed this so many times, and I've just observed so many things. And I want to go through a list of things here, different things that I've made. Uh, about people, and I think we'll start at the top with the one that you and I know better than anyone, having ran Bad Guy Wrestler Productions and put on shows in Garden City for so long. When you hand someone a flyer with all the information they need on it, they'll still always ask you who's playing, where it's at, how much it is. Uh, How many times did you hear that?
2: Yeah, it it was constant. They could literally be reading it as they were asking those questions. Right. Uh, like, like the information we were giving them on the flyer was, was a joke, and we were just kidding about that information, and we were actually going to give them the real, the real info.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I later uh, used this on tour, though, as I went around and passed out flyers. I kind of realized that it was just kind of a, a reaction for people to do that, because I don't know what to say. It's kind of like I was just talking about people wanting to talk about the weather whenever they have nothing else to say, you know, it's always, oh, it's supposed to rain out, when there's nothing to say, and it was just filling in blank space, so I kind of use that as a means, I'm like, they're just going to start a conversation, and I can kind of just steer this my direction, but for the life of me, you know, I, I wish I could have one experience where I go out and pass out flyers and no one asks me any, for any of the info that's on the front. Yeah, and I think it's different if they're asking, like, what type of music, that's much different, I, I'm, I'm cool with
2: that, but you start asking questions that you already know the answer to, you're just wasting time. Um, And that goes, and that kind of filler conversation is almost worse than just saying, okay, cool, thanks, man, maybe I'll make it, maybe I won't, and then you go about your day.
0: Exactly. It's just, I don't know, it just gets on my nerves. It's like nails on a chalkboard for me these days. But another thing that really, really, really bothers me that I've observed people do, and it's like when I'm training people at, at stores or, or working anywhere or just going to, like, Walmart and shopping, like, I've noticed that, I don't know what it is with these kids, man, but every kid who's a teenager who bags groceries tries to shove as much crap as they can into one bag, and I don't know where that etiquette comes from, because, I, you know, just common sense says, you know, you're not going to carry a gallon of milk with your bug killer, or you know <laughs> you definitely don't want your raid in with your lettuce but I every time I leave Walmart it's with bloated bags unless I've you know taken the initiative to stand there at the little checkout and bag it myself. Yeah, so if anybody's listening to the show right now that has um,
2: some knowledge on the proper way to pack groceries, will you please let us know like if you if you received like some training, that you need to pack certain things together and you need to leave certain things out of the bag. Because I'm that's pretty interesting you say that because I see bags overflowing all the time whenever they get packed. And so I've never really understood why. Like, that's something that you and I could probably do. We could throw a bunch of random stuff in a bag and just call it good and throw it in the cart if we wanted to. But man, it's part of your job. So. You should probably know the proper way to
0: do it. Well, the thing is this is like it's I've gone through I, I've worked at oh god four or five different stores in the last twelve, thirteen years and every single one has an orientation where they tell you what you can bag with what. <laughs> you know food items together. You're supposed to put, you know, cleaners in their own bag. You're not supposed to bag bleach with anything else, you know. It, it's very, very simple stuff yet it it seems missed all the time. I the other day it was just like why would you bag my bread with anything heavy? But, you know, it's like a two-liter in with, a, you know, a, a loaf of bread. And by right. the time I got home, it was like two pieces of bread together because it was all squished into into nothingness. Right. Yep. But it's like a, there's training for it. There's no need for it. But I observe this everywhere I go. And any time I'm trying to train children to do this in the past, it's like it's like I'm speaking Spanish to them, you know? <laughs> there's like... What? Yeah.
2: Well, I think it's laziness, too. I agree. I think, I think you have... Yeah, you have... All you have to do is one job, is just put things in a bag and then put them in the cart. You don't even have to walk the cart out anymore. Like, I don't... You, know, you remember in our hometown that that used to be a thing that you would get your cart pushed out to your car and they would actually load your groceries into your car. Like, that's not a thing anymore. It's just... Uh, my job is to bag the
0: groceries and then get out. Yeah, well now there's like a an app where you can download an app and put in everything you need, and then someone will just bring it out to your car for you. Which... Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, I, we all have that here in Springs.
2: We have that literally everywhere. Um, Dillon's, Walmart, you name it. You can you can uh, you can just click it and then sit in the parking lot, and they'll come out to the car. It's gotten so bad that they actually have delivery service. You can literally click all of your items and they will deliver it to your home. So,
0: it's pretty pathetic. It is. It's a, I mean, it's taken uh, interaction out of it completely. And it's like, I think you need a little interaction. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I like my my alone time and my solitude. But, you know, I think there has to be a fair amount of interaction to <laughs> to go along with it. You know what I mean? How are you going to learn to do anything. Like, what are you going to do when that's not available? Right. But I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. I, ugh, it's just a, an annoying thing for me, but learn to bag. If you don't know how to bag groceries, please learn to do it. Uh, moving on on my list, this is, I think, going to be your, your favorite, but uh, through the years, growing up in Garden City, we grew up around a lot of, like, gang violence and, and, well, more so just, you know, people tagging things on each other's things is more so what I would call it. Than anything, but I've observed that most gang members are literally willing to fight for, and sometimes die, defending their favorite direction, and that's, uh I mean, what is it, north side, west side, east side, southeast side, like, it's always that, it's always that component, you know, I don't really hear a lot of, like, off-name, or off-brand gangs, <laughs> is what I'll call them.
2: <laughs> right, yeah, that's, uh, it's very interesting, I've never understood that. Culture, or that the importance of claiming a side and then being loyal to that side. Um, it's just never. I I guess it's just it's one of those things that never clicked with me, and I never understood it, and I never took the time to understand it. <laughs> so
0: not even. Yeah, you wouldn't even die for for the FLC. Uh,
2: I mean, back in the day, probably would. Would be down for the cause for flc but uh, definitely uh, not now that i'm an adult and actually remember how childish
0: that was can we tell the flc story on the air about how we ended up on yeah, the I G- think so. about the <laughs> yeah, you, can, you can go ahead and start all right well we basically uh we used to throw these shows and, you know, we were all into watching, like, uh, hardcore bands, and they all had crews. So we made our own crew. Just as a joke. It was me and Addison and a few other people. And uh, somehow we, we made this crew and made these jackets that said FLC on the jackets, which stood for, what was it? Do you remember?
2: Friendship, friendship, Loyalty, Commitment. So I pulled that from a 25 to Life uh, song. So. Yeah, it was definitely not original at all.
0: Yeah, we just, we just, uh, Addison just ripped it from something. and We were all like, "Yeah, that's cool." We got these jackets, these FLC jackets, and somehow we ended up on the Garden City gang list. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think there's one of us in the group that was remotely tough, but uh, somehow we still ended up on a gang list. <laughs>
2: yeah, we definitely thought we were cool. I mean. We used to roll into shows like that just because that's what we saw in all these videos and, and everything. So we we uh, we thought we were hot stuff walking in there, and we just thought that everybody wanted to join the crew. But probably everybody just thought it was the dumbest thing in the
0: world, and probably another one of our dumb ideas with all the other crews that we ever <laughs> uh, built. Well, let me just let me just put this on the record, so it's here for everyone to hear. North, south, east, west, whatever. Whatever side you want, you can have it. I don't want it. I'm not defending it. I don't care. <laughs> Moving on on no, the FLC. list. What's that? FLC is neutral. We are neutral. So,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> well, if a compass. Or a compass. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was just going to say, we're just the compass on the map. We're just over here. Tell you, hey, the, the real gangs are that way. It yeah, could <laughs> just be
2: a compass failure, too. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Here's something I observed. Uh, from a very early age, and I wrote it down. I I just wrote it down randomly in a book, and I found it, and it made me laugh, but I'm going to verbatim read you how I wrote this down. You can tell which males will grow up to be frat douchebags at an early age. Just go into any middle school gymnasium and find the group of guys that are five feet nothing but are still jumping towards the hoop, trying to touch the rim. By high school, whoever can jump up and hang from the rim will become their leader. Is that not the truth? Very true. I just think of, yeah. I, I think of a lot of guys who became friends who did that every day. But you know, I would go into eighth grade gym and watch <laughs> all these guys trying to run and jump, touch the hoop. Yeah, I was lucky if I could get the bottom of the net. Like, uh, I definitely did not get the Woody Harrelson "white men can't jump" um, <laughs> skills. See, you, at least you were that close. I was hard pressed to dress out most days. <laughs> it's like, I'd come in and McGowan would be like, Nick, what are you doing? Where's your gym clothes? I left him at home. Like, Get over there sit by the wall. Zero again. <laughs> and McGowan, if you're listening, I love you. I love you.
2: Yeah, you are one of the best, McGowan.
0: <laughs> she is you do. Uh, We became really good friends when, when we got uh, started working at Hastings. <laughs> so...
2: Oh, that's right. I, I forgot that she worked there
0: she was great she was uh, like i remember when i got uh she was a really good sport i remember when jt moved out of hastings to go work somewhere else and uh his job was open the music music management position was open and fun story about mrs mcgowan like i love mrs mcgowan if any of you uh in garden city had kathy mcgowan for gym you're lucky because she was hard on us but for a reason and uh she was hard on me because i didn't do anything ever you know i I'd come into gym chewing gum on purpose because it bothered her. And she'd always tell me, she'd always say, You look like a bunch of cows chewing your cud. She'd always get all pissed. Get pissed at me for not dressing out. But when I became an adult, I turned 18 years old and got my first real like job. I had this opportunity to take over for JT as music, as music manager at Hastings. And it was between her and I, and I think it ended up being me because I knew more about music. And that was literally the only reason but I remember the day we, we like, sat down in the uh, little common coffee area <laughs> that they have there. And uh, I had to have a meeting, and I'd never had a meeting ever, you know. I don't know anything about anything, or talking to people, or, you know, getting people motivated. Which, which is saying a lot about this podcast, by the way. But uh, I sit her down, and I'm just like, yeah, this is what I expect of you guys to do. And, you know, I'm trying to, like, pass out orders, or whatever it was, and... I just turned to McGowan, and I'm like, hey, Kathy. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, you remember when I told you I was going to fucking own you someday? She just starts laughing as soon as I say that. <laughs> just boom. But she was always a great sport. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. I've had many conversations with her since since middle school, and she's always been great, always very willing to listen and actually cares about what's going on in in your life. So, yeah, she's definitely one of the... One of the greatest.
0: Yeah, one of the hardest working people I've ever worked with, and uh, I'm glad as I'm glad as hell to know her. But I had to get that one in if we were talking about middle school gym. <laughs> <laughs> Here is one uh, that I I don't know if you if you go to the library or you take your kids or anything like that, but I've noticed in recent years that more people rent DVDs from the library than check out books. Because they're free.
2: I oh. How long do you get to keep them? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean,
1: it's it's just, free. You're headed <laughs> to the library, library tomorrow. going to go get you a card. <laughs> yeah, I'll at the library in
0: the morning. <laughs> get my copy of Matilda on DVD. Yeah, that's the thing, though. I, here's the thing. I'm guilty, too. I check out DVDs from the library, but I also check out books. But let me tell you this. If you're planning on renting from the library, anything you want isn't there ever. You know? Anything recent, you're going to wait six months to watch. So I kind of see the conundrum there in being a a library renter. But it's just an observation I made. It seems like half of the library now is DVDs or Blu-rays.
2: Yeah, but you think, like, how are you able to uh, compete with all this digital media now? Everyone that has, you know, iBooks and Kindle and can just they would rather just buy a book on Amazon for two bucks than go drive across town to the library and check out a book for two weeks. That is so true. How do you I mean how do you keep that keep that process going? Because it's not like when we were younger and we didn't have all those options available to us in the library was the only thing. Like doing research papers with actual encyclopedias instead of just Googling everything.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I'm one of those, like, I never got into the digital stuff. You know, I I was the last on board of our group for, like, Facebook and MySpace and just about every other thing. Because I will just kick and scream. I won't. I've never owned a Kindle. Sarah has had, I think, a couple now. And I've never read a book digitally. You know, I refuse. Even my book is not available digitally. And I'm probably missing a very, like, wide audience because it's not. But uh, I I just don't understand that. I mean, do you read books digitally or? Uh, I've tried, and it's just not the same. I, and I well, I can't say much because I don't read regular
2: books very well either. So, but just being able to actually pick up a book and just the feeling of it is much different than picking up basically a cell phone.
0: I think I tried. Well, I was thinking, I, I tried one time to read a digital book, and I read, like, three pages before. I was just absolutely irritated with it and was like, never again. Uh, i would wasted $9.99 on something. <laughs> and l- uh, luckily, it wasn't on my Kindle, so... But I, I don't get it. I, I don't get technology in general. It's like, you remember uh, iPods were, were hot a few years ago, and now they're, like, totally obsolete.
2: Yeah, and that's crazy. Uh, we were actually just talking about, like all the little inventions in between the iPod that that Apple came out with. Like, the iPod Shuffle was actually a pretty cool little device for people that were into, like, running and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I've noticed now that when I run, like, I have an iPhone 8 Plus, which is basically a tablet. And so trying to hold that and run is just such a pain in the butt. And I just remember how, how easy it was for the iPod Shuffle, because you just—it actually came with a built-in clip, and you can just clip it to your shirt and then just go. So, but yeah, the, all that stuff's gone. I still have a couple iPods that I have songs on there that I can't get anywhere else. But that's yeah, just—it seems like um, Apple has just condensed everything into the iPhone, and now you only need a one-stop shop for technology.
0: I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I but you know what? There are things that I've gotten into. Like uh, I hated Spotify at first. I was like, I, you know, especially as an artist, because I, I think I got a thing back one one month, and it was like you have three thousand three hundred nineteen streams. So I'm like, cool, I got some money coming. And it was literally like two and a half dollars, I think, wow. for all of those streams. When you know, I sell one album at any price, and it's more than that. You know, when I go on on tour, yeah. I make I make the CD very affordable. I make it. To where it's got a real booklet, but it's just, a, you know, a cheap disc in a sleeve. And I just let people buy it for whatever they want. And usually they give me right. three to five bucks. And three to five bucks is still more than 3,000 streams on Spotify. But it's so right. damn convenient. And It even, is. It, I love it. I, I'm just somewhere and I'm like, God, I really, you know, I have a song stuck in my head I wanted to hear all day. Just throw it on real quick. And yeah. I and, love it.
2: And, you know, I'm sorry. I, I filmed that. You know, Spotify has a lot of stuff that isn't "quote unquote" popular. So it's stuff that you can't find like on Apple Music. Because I've tried to compare the two. Because I went back and forth for a while, um, always using iTunes and all that. But yeah, Spotify just completely blows it out of the water, as far as I'm concerned. Hey, I have a question though about that. How how do you actually make money off of it? So if I if I listen to
0: your album like 40 times in a row, right. How does that help you? It really, honestly, streaming, it doesn't at at all. You know, uh, unless you're, I, you know, I'll just preface it with this story. Like, I remember reading an article a couple of years ago about Pharrell Williams uh, only making a, a few thousand dollars for the song Happy, which was like a song that's probably got, you know, a hundred million plays or whatever. Right. But streaming sucks. It really does nothing for the artist. Anymore other than promotion, which is why most people have used their music now as a vehicle to sell other things, which is like with me doing the book and, you know, specialized merch and different things like that. Uh, Like when I do the poems in the mail, that's how I make money now. It's not on music at all. I would say last year uh, I didn't even crack a thousand dollars on my music. It's it's becoming a really pathetic way to, you know. Be an artist. You have to do other things in addition to it now, and uh, streaming does nothing anymore. And I'll, I'll just say that out loud. I think I posted a thing on Facebook before I got off completely, where you know I had like eight thousand total plays and had gotten nothing for it, pretty much. Yeah. But in yeah, in lo- just the, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I I'll just I just had a thought after. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, but you just look at the fact that convenience wise I don't have to go pay any money I pay a monthly fee for Spotify and I pay for premium so I can just skip and skip all I want so you know why why would I as a as a listener go out and actually buy the CD or it from iTunes or whatever
0: whenever I can just sit and listen
2: to it for
0: basically nothing exactly you know what I mean There's no incentive anymore, and and that's the thing. It's like, it's also, uh, iTunes just feels obsolete anyway. You know, it's like no one wants to own the MP3s if you can't do anything with them anymore. It's like, what are you going to do, burn a CD in your car? You know, but I will say, when I'm on tour, albums sell really well. You know, I I think I sell albums just about everywhere I go, because people still like that, you know, personal touch and that interaction, kind of going back to that uh, flyer thing. You know, it's like... Just something they can buy from you and take home and, and enjoy, but I don't know, as far as streaming, I hate it, but I will say this, our podcast is available on Spotify, so I don't hate it, completely. <laughs> I love you, Spotify. I love you, Spotify. I also love Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Anchor, and all the places you can check out our podcast. Uh, Man, dude, I I was really impressed with the numbers last week. Uh, I thought it was going to take a couple weeks to get people into the show, but it seems like everyone who listened to the show, like the first show, came back and listened to the second show. That's very cool. I know, we must be be doing something, right?
2: Something, or they were like, man, that first one was so bad, let's hope the second one's at least decent. But...
0: Hopefully not. Hopefully you guys like it. Yeah, we're still, like I said, it's going to take us a couple weeks to find our complete groove. Uh, It's been, God, eight years since I've done a podcast full-time regularly without, you know, having anything get canceled or turned around on me. I was telling Addison I had an opportunity to do a a pretty good podcast uh, for a couple of places I work for, and it just kind of fell through, and so I'm still getting back in the groove. He's never done a podcast which you're doing way better than a lot of people who, who try to do podcasts for the first time. So I think that. I'll
2: probably chalk that up to uh, Mr. McNutt's technology class or radio broadcasting class I had in high school. That's probably what uh, what made me the podcaster that I am
0: today. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be proud. <laughs> Well I think we will do one more and then we will uh, get off here real quick. Let me look at my list here and find I have, a- I have a bunch of these by the way, so we can do this many times over, I'm sure. I have a lot of like uh, people I've observed, so let me find a good one here. I think we have to end on this one because I live in the south now, but this is a recent observation. and my observation here is the only race anyone likes in the south is NASCAR.
2: somebody please explain to me how you can watch NASCAR how you can watch one lap how you can watch 4,000 laps please explain
0: my thing is this how is it even a race until the last lap
2: yeah who cares I don't (laughs) care that people drive around in circles for three hours just to see one person win at the end. Like, just tell me when the last lap is happening, and I'll turn it there. Dude,
0: it seems like the ultimate like zone out sport. You know, it's one of those things you could just go to live, and if you're just there to drink, that's the perfect reason to be there. To drink yeah. and get a sunburn.
2: Yep. Uh, I'm good. I'll uh, I'll find something else to do. <laughs> um. Unless unless there's a NASCAR enthusiast who can walk me through every. Cool thing that's happening that I, I am apparently missing anytime I try and watch it on TV.
0: <laughs> hey, cool little note here. As we're li- as we're recording this, I just got an alert from my phone that uh, we cracked more people listening to the podcast through Anchor. So I'm pretty stoked about that. That's a oh, good. Cool. That sounds like a good way to sign off. Uh, Addison, thanks again for stopping by. Thank you so much for the advice on uh, last week's show, and uh, I know you want to keep track of my progress on the show. So we can kind of show everybody that this is doable, you know. If uh, if you can get me motivated to do something, uh, anyone who's out there, listening, trying to accomplish something in your own life, you can do it. Just get up and take the first step, and take Addison's advice, man. Small goals.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty proud, man. I'm I'm not gonna be like, way to go, Nick. I'm so proud of you. But I am proud of the fact that you actually got up and did something, and you're you're trying to make some progress. So.
0: That's definitely cool. Well, see if this was a basketball game in Mrs. McGowan's gym. All I've done so far is air the ball up. I've got a long way to go. So, <laughs> <laughs> Edison, thanks as always for stopping by. We'll see you next week. You bet, man. We'll see you. We hope you've enjoyed another edition of Tall, Dark, and Random uh, from Addison and I both. We just want to say thank you one more time for making our first two episodes so successful. And hopefully you're going to be tuning in and listening to this third episode and uh, making it just as successful as the last two Uh, remember to continue subscribing Uh, rate us 5 stars Uh, check us out everywhere our podcast is available that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and many 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 more Uh, you can check these guys out on Spotify too but I would prefer you go to their band camp we're going to end the show in style today sticking with the people watching theme what uh, what else would the song be called in that case it's called People Watching by the band Highways and Cityscapes you can buy this entire album called Happy Heartbreak on Bandcamp right now for name your price which means you can pay a dollar or more uh, whatever you want to support these guys with throw it their way i bought the album i'm loving it right now i'm going to be listening to it all night while i edit this show be sure you check these guys out and be back here next week for another episode of tall dark and random we're going to have more laughs more stories and uh, more good vibes for you all thank you for checking us out we will see you next week
1: Hope to die, cross my heart The biggest loss is to never start So it begins I've been people watching again And pretending that these people are my friends With choreographed stories and scripted conversations Sad truths, but hopeful happy endings She's got a body type Designed to drip in diamonds And a mind that's grown Accustomed to it And he's got demons that Look just like ex-girlfriends And some doubts he can't Get out of his head It's days like this I hope heaven exists For these These beautiful faces In there They're beautiful Places where they meet other beautiful faces and make beautiful tragedies. last chance in the sand saying please don't forget me he sets the bottle down for her to see but just like that bottle he says please don't leave me empty it's days like this i hope heaven exists for these these beautiful Tragedies, But somewhere in the darkness, when I should be dreaming about a better life, I get lost in the hope that I still know the difference between wrong and right. Cause I've made mistakes in these plans I've made, and I'm still trying to turn it around. But what I found only shows how far we'll go to live out our lives. We're just beautiful faces in our beautiful places where we meet other beautiful faces and make beautiful tragedies. Tragedies Beautiful tragedies